From dating to relationships, from sex to love, from Christianity to politics, from darkness to light, you have now entered into the real zone. Welcome to Conversations with Trent, where no topic of conversation is safe from discussion. Now, here he is, Mr. Epic himself, Trent Williams. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Trent featuring the lovely Miss Lisa Tillman Page. We got a hot one tonight, folks. We got a real good one tonight. We have a special guest coming in with us, uh, an author by the name of Taraj Fleetwood. And we'll be talking about, we'll be talking real talk, getting real answers from our special guest tonight, talking about men and intimacy. Um, I'm excited to um, bring this guest on. Without further ado, we're going to actually introduce the lovely Miss Lisa Tillman Page. Music constantly, where you guys can actually purchase the music that you hear. 
So good stuff. Thank you guys for joining us on the Wiring 1328 app. Go ahead, yeah. Lisa. All right. So so before we get into this, and I, and I really kind of want you to just, um, you know, uh, tell us, Therese, how you, how you came up with this concept, um, you know, how you got the men and how you got them to open up. Um, but, but I want to start with a little bit, uh, with just an excerpt from the book. And okay. so this is, from, this is from Chapter 1, and it says, What is Intimacy to Men? And, um, and first let me say that all of the men had a, had a fake name. So um, nobody's name is real. Nobody, you know, you can't say, oh, I know this one or I know that one. So this is from a gentleman named Gordon, and, um, and this is under the mind, body, spirit. And it says, uh, intimacy is when the mind, body, spirit, and soul of two individuals collide on an emotional level. I've been intimate, and I did not have a connection. Um, I was close to someone, but I did not have an emotional connection. I've been close to women, and I haven't had a spiritual connection. I feel when I'm truly intimate and when our energies collide in such a way um, where we desire to go to the same place, that's, that's, not just, uh, I'm sorry, that's not just about climax, but it's the journey to it. Then a lot of things are happening. Being a minister and a prophet, I believe that when we have sex, or when we become intimate, our spirits become entangled. Mm. And that's just that's just one of the one of the many one of the many <laughs> excerpts that I'm going to share from this. I mean, Trent, this this thing is this thing is serious. So so, Therese, tell us. You know, you're you're out of Dallas. Tell us uh, mm-hmm. tell us about this book, Men and Intimacy: Real Talk, Real Answers. Well, okay. First, let me just give you a quick background about a little bit about me. Okay, for, okay. So for the past 25 years, I've worked with hundreds of brides and grooms planning wedding events and designing bridal attire. You know, it's, so it's been my experience working with couples that provided me the opportunity to communicate with them and discover what their love looks like. And it was also during that time that I wrote my first book, The Afrocentric Bride. It was a style guide that showed couples how to add ethnic elements into their wedding. I've I've also worked as a life coach in the field of self-expression and leadership, and I'm the former owner of Therese's Playhouse, which provided couples different ways to rekindle the romance and intimacy in their relationships. So so that's kind of a quick background of who I am and and all encompasses, you know, my next journey in life, so to speak, my next career. But the reason – I wrote Men in Intimacy, Real Talk, Real Answers, is because I was seeking to create more intimacy in my life, you know, emotional, physical, and spiritual intimacy. I wanted to connect more with my authentic self, and in order to do this, I really had to take a deep look at who I was being in relationships and with myself. So I got divorced about six years ago. And I had to look at who I was being in my marriage, and I had to not point the finger outside at him, but really point the finger back at me and say, what Uh. was I doing wrong? What did I not want to bring forward to my next relationship? Because Lisa and Trent, you know it's so easy to blame the other person, but Uh the, the, the hardest thing that I think we'll ever have to do in life is really put a microscope on ourselves. So on my journey of self-intimacy, I came across a video of Ayala Van Zandt, and she was talking to a, a group of men, and they got on the subject of intimacy, and one man said, wait a minute, Ayala, men and women think about intimacy completely different. Men think mm-hmm. intimacy is sex. And I said, wait a minute, Actually, hold, some, on. I, I, hold, hold on. <laughs> one second, Therese, one, one second, Therese. Mm-hmm. Some men, the average man thinks mm-hmm. that intimacy is sex. You know, yeah. there, there's, there's a few of us out there that don't, uh, don't you know, don't agree with that. But exactly. most men, the the average man will think of, when you think of intimacy, he's thinking about sex, penetration, and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But when a man has actually found himself, and when you're talking about, you know, going in and, and, and grab, not grabbing it, but harnessing that mm-hmm. inner self, that's the only way you can actually experience a true intimacy with uh, with your partner, in yeah. my opinion. It's- Yes, and Trent, thank you for your opinion because actually I totally agree with you. And what I found in my research and interviewing these men, first of all, I interviewed men between the ages of 30 and 60. I didn't want Hmm. young men. I wanted men who kind of experienced life. And men of that age group are are, are exactly like you said, Trent. They don't think of intimacy as just sex. A couple of the Mm -hmm. men in the book did. 
but um, as, as men get older and they do experience different life situations and different relationships, they are starting to look differently at what intimacy is. But you know something very interesting, mm-hmm. Trent? A lot of people don't even ask the question of each other. Women uh-huh. don't ask men, what is intimacy to you? Men don't ask women. So that was when this, when this book came up and I decided to interview these, these 60 men, I really uh-huh. wanted to know what does it look like, and some of them had never ever been asked that question before and you made a comment in the intro about how did I get these men to open up very Mm -hmm. simply I just sat and listened I didn't interject I didn't make them feel wrong I didn't make what they were telling me ooh, disgusting or anything like that because I have had people contact me with the book women laugh they cry they get horny they get angry Mm -hmm. they get upset they get confused reading this book because I just really allowed the space to be allowed men to be men I allowed you to talk. I allowed you to communicate. I said nothing. I I edged them on to get more information because some of the men were very uncomfortable being interviewed, and I had to assure them that they they will be anonymous in the book. And that's another thing because some of the people are actors and ministers and sports players and Mm -hmm. on TV. And they said, Therese, I will do this interview for you, but you got to <laughs> promise me that my name will not be used. I was like, no, 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 um, right, no problem right. at all. But that's the thing, and that's another chapter in the book about communication. If we learn to really communicate with our partners and let them speak, because so many times we want to jump in and finish our mm-hmm. man's sentence, or finish them, not so much men do it, but women do. We're not in the space of really hearing what people are saying. We're, we're so amped to, to get in what we want want to say that we missed the whole conversation so right. i just let I them truly, be who they are and i supported everything that they said i truly believe when, when you're in a, in a relationship and, and you're connected as one in that relationship and a lot of folks use that you know when, when, when they're together we're as one but are you really as one but when you're mm. actually connected as one when you're actually connected as one you're going to know what that person's actually thinking because that rhythm that your partner is giving off or any type of rhythm, whether it be a negative energy or a positive energy, you're going to know what's going on. You're going to have some type of idea what the problem is, and that actually gets you quicker and a little faster to resolving the problems through communication because communicating on another level. It doesn't, you know, your communication doesn't always have to be verbally. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, And that's intimacy. that's intimacy. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, and, and I want to, like I said, I'm going to interject some uh, some excerpts here and there. So, so here's one on um, on mental as far as intimacy. It says she could be as beautiful as she wants to be, but my mind has to be wrapped around her. But what a lot of women don't know is that guys are like women. Their hearts got to be there too. Women are quick to say men are dogs, and yes, there are a lot of dogs out there. But men, um, um, because men do just want to hit it and quit it. But a real man has to feel intimacy in the heart. We have, we, uh, he will get hooked by the heart. And, and so, you know, he says, mm. it starts in the mind. A lot of women think that, you know, no, it doesn't start in the mind. But it, it starts in the mind with men. It too. actually does. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 really, it really does. And, I, and one of the things that I, that I like about this book, this book is, something that men and women can read. For men, I think it's like, man, you know, I'm not the only one out there that feels this way, you know, because I don't know if this is something y'all talk about in the barbershop or in the pool hall. No, 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 Yeah, I didn't think it was, but I'm just saying. I didn't want to say because I'm not a man, so I'm just saying I don't know if it is. But I think it just gives them a chance to say, wow, okay, I'm not the only one who feels this way. Okay, I'm not a wimp. I'm not a punk. I'm not soft. Um, but for women, it gives them an insight into some things, and um, and, and it's you know, and, and it it shines a light. It, it does make you think about yourself. Trent likes to say when you turn that mirror inward, um, you know, that self reflection part of it, and, and it does. You know, for those of us who it doesn't make a difference whether you are in a relationship or you're looking to be in a relationship one day, um, or even if you're getting out of a relationship. These are, these right. are the, the, the excerpts and the information in here is so real that you can right. find yourself in here, whether you're doing it or not. You're like, oh, I didn't I'm, I'm actually, and, and I'm recommending this book to, to all of my friends and all the listeners of, uh, of the conversation show, because to be honest with you, to read this book, and I've only just been, you know, thumbing through it or whatever, but to read this book, one has to be one with oneself. I'm going to repeat uh-huh. that. To read this book, one has to be one with oneself. So, guys, if you're actually playing around out there and you're talking about, yeah, I know what intimacy is, and you, you really don't know what it is, don't pick the book up. 
Right. Don't even and play with it. Yeah, and let me just say this, too, because what I find, what the men share with me, because just as many men buy this book as women, and what the men mm-hmm. share with me is that they feel a sense of camaraderie with these men because uh, you guys don't talk about this. So, so to pick up a book and read real conversation from men, they're like, oh, my God, yeah. he said that? I could say that. Oh, is that how he feels? That's how I'm feeling. Oh, let me say this to your listeners. Also, yeah. 90% of the men in this book are african American. We never, ever hear the African-American male's point of view on love, relationships, intimacy. So that's another great you got me wanting to start a book club here. (laughs) You got me wanting to start a men's book club here. (laughs) You know, because there's other books out there. Of course, there's Steve Harvey, but that's one man's opinion. And then there's other books that by psychologists or therapists that will take men's information, and very seldom do they interview African-American men, but they'll take men's information, put it in categories, water it down, or or sum everybody up in three different, you know, categories. This is great talk. I just let the tape recorder run, and these brothers pour their heart out. Oh, and let me just say one other thing. One other comment that I remember um, uh, one of the men that was interviewed for the book, he called me a few weeks later. He ordered a bunch of them for his female friends. And one woman picked up, she read the book, and she said, why men got to be so weak? And I said, oh. wow, is that what she got from reading this wow. book? These wow. Here. wow. One guy even said to me, called me the next day and said, Therese, I felt mentally raped after you interviewed me. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I was married for t- over 20 years. I never had this type of conversation with my wife. He wow. said, I poured my heart and soul into this interview so that women will know. So when I got that comment from that sister, I was like, wait a minute, hold on, really? See, that's uh-huh. why brothers don't be opening up. <laughs> yeah, but you know the thing, yeah. and, and you know, you know, and, and to me, to me, that that's unfortunate because mm-hmm. when when a man bears his soul, that's mm-hmm. truly a strong man. Yeah, that's yes, truly a uh, that's yes. truly a strong man walking in some serious purpose. Mm-hmm. If he's bearing exactly. his soul like that, but exactly. that, that's unfortunate that she got that from that. But yeah, yeah, and I, I didn't get that. A bunch you know of weak men. De- she she has her own demons that she's dealing that, with. Exactly, that's right. what that is. She has mm-hmm. her own stuff that she's dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and 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 I and I want to I want to I, I got to read this one. I got to read this one. This is men feel love too, and it says love feels physically getting ill. I'm sorry, love feels like physically getting ill. Physically, I don't just feel good. For me, when my wife gets upset with me, it affects me physically and it affects me emotionally. Mm-hmm. When she is not in a good mood, when she is upset, not happy, I feel it and it affects me physically. When I am in mm-hmm. love and she is not in a good mood and she says something that cuts me deeper than a razor blade, that's what love feels like to me. When I am not in love, the things that a woman says and what she does has no effect on me. It has zero impact. So I totally so agree with I was this, like, Wow. I'm yep. like, wow. So so for him, love love hurts. Love hurts. And and that's what he equates it with. You know, yeah. um, right. which was very which was very uh, it, it hurt me to it hurt me to read this because love is not supposed to hurt. Love is supposed to feel great. Now you can get hurt in love. No, no, no. But Lisa, love hold on hold on one second. Okay, go ahead. Hold on one second, hold on a second. We're all imperfect people living in an imperfect world. So sometimes right. love will bruise. Love yes, will bruise you. Sure sometimes will. love will bruise you. It it, it will. So that that's some that's some form of hurt. Yes, but you know so what's also say, very very interesting no, for uh, men. Like a lot of times we'll hear people or women say, "Well, if he loved me, he would do this. Or if he loved uh, me, he would do that. He doesn't love me." And then I say, "Well." What makes you think he doesn't love you because he doesn't uh-huh. do X, Y, Z? But do you know what his love looks like? That's a very uh-huh. interesting chapter, Lisa, that, that you pulled up, what does love, love look language. like? Because if exactly. you don't know what love looks like to your man, then how do you know uh-huh. he's not showing you love? Right. And if he doesn't know what love looks like to you, everybody has yes. their own love language. Exactly. Everybody has their own exactly. love language. And so if you don't know what that person's love language is, you can be speaking love all day long. But if it doesn't transfer the love to them, then they'll say, yep. oh, you don't love me like I need to be loved. Exactly. So, you know, um, but, but Trent, what I was saying about what this gentleman, who was this? It was Andre. What Andre wrote was, to me, it seemed like he equated love with pain. Not that you occasionally have pain. To me, it seemed like he was equating love with pain. So that, that's, where, that's why I was saying it was hurting to me. I understand that, yeah, you know, we are imperfect people and we will hurt each other. 
but that's what he that's what it sounded like to me in there and 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 if that's his and if that's his reality you know that's his reality i'm not you know downing that at all um right. but it's that's one of the things you, you know just like um Therese, you were just saying about um you know people don't necessarily know um how to how to show one uh, show a person a love in a certain way or that you know Wait, maybe Lisa, just means to... love to them not to interject. Right. Let's let's pick let's pick up on that after the break. Uh, we're having a great conversation here. And it's twenty after the hour. I mean, time flies when you're having fun here. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get into that on the other side of the break. We'll be back with Taraz and Lisa on a conversation. We'll be right back, folks. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your girl Bianca Fly. If you're looking for an amazing show with fantastic guests from book authors, entrepreneurs. Poets, music artists, and more Then I want to invite you to the Beautiful Butterfly Show Coming to you live and direct Each and every Tuesday and Thursday At 6.30pm Eastern Standard Time Right here on your radio network Have you ever sat down and simply wanted someone to fully understand your life? Someone who wakes up every day and does their best to provide and protect their loved ones the way you do? Someone who has been confused, lost, scared, or just trying to figure out how to balance their life spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially? If so, Life is Outstanding is the book for you. Anthony promises his readers that you don't have to be perfect to live an outstanding life. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. And we're back, folks, and we're back right on the Conversation Show with our special guest, Taraz Fleetwood, author Taraz Fleetwood. Yes, 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 I I am here, and this is this is a great conversation. You know what? I really hope this show sparks conversations within relationships, within uh, within families. Um, that it will, you know, conversation of just you know just hanging with the boys, just talking, hanging with the girls, just talking. Because you know, um, just like you said, Therese, the, the the gentleman said he gave the book to the to his lady as one of his lady female friends. And she said, why are men so weak? And, um, you know, and so that's, that's a conversation. You know, her having this conversation maybe with some of her girls, maybe somebody who, has, who knows this young woman's story and who says, well, wait a minute, let's, let's cut some men some slack because we want them to share with us. We want them to tell us. So, right. you know, we're just hoping that this, this will spark some, some conversation. Um, but but that's also, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote this book. It's a perfect tool to use in a relationship mm. because sometimes all those questions in the book there's there's 20 questions that were asked and all mm-hmm. of those questions are great questions to ask your partner men can ask women right. women can ask men but you know it's like hey baby i'm reading this book and this man says blah 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 what do you think and then the brother be like okay wait a minute what is he saying you know it's almost <laughs> like a tool. Yeah. it doesn't intimidate you as much as opposed to just come out and say hey what what, what do you think about intimacy or 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 how do you show love you're like well what are you talking about but if you have a book in your hand you're like hey look exactly. there's a question in this book how would you answer this question so it sparked Oh, listen, that I, I didn't highlight it for no reason. I, I didn't <laughs> highlight it for no reason, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think um, you know, let, let's, let's get this out of the way real quick. Um, I think we should have a part two to this show. And, oh, um, 
and we'll add some other folks to to the conversation and um maybe we'll maybe we'll actually you know interact with the book with those folks on the show um if we could actually work that out that would be actually great and we can get a panel of folks and we could have some serious dialogue with some different opinions and you know people bringing in different you know different opinions on how they feel um about certain things in the book so we could probably yeah, work that on that that sounds great I love that. That sounds great. So, so here, here another couple of excerpts. This is from um, the chapter "Men Understanding Women," and um, and your last line in here, Therese says, "People will usually tell tell you who they are. We just have to be open enough to hear them." So, these are questions that you you ask men. What um, you ask men? What questions they would ask a woman? What's the number one question? So, here are some questions. Um, what is her passion in life? Uh, what makes you happy? Um, what are your dreams and your goals? What is your reason for getting up in the morning? Um, what went wrong in your last relationship? What didn't you like about the person you were with? Why did you break up? Um, those, those were interesting. And then this one, this one was really thought-provoking. So uh, this gentleman, Kashmir, he said he really likes to get in their head. So he, he said, this is a scenario. God forbid I got into a car accident while we were engaged or married, and I became paralyzed from the waist down. Would you still be with me, or would you seek other opportunities? I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a deep question. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty deep question, you know, and, exactly. and that would definitely spark some conversation. And, you know, that's what you want to do. You want to have conversations with people you're getting to know. Exactly, and the question the, the question that was proposed to them, and tell me one question you would ask a woman to get a better understanding of them. And this mm-hmm. is a perfect date question as well. You know, tell me yeah. one question that is really important to you that would help you really understand a woman that you're with or a woman that you're dating or a woman that you want to marry. What would that one question be? And you know what, what uh, Lisa and Trent, believe it or not, if you ask men these questions, they have answers. They have mm. answers because I ask people. Mm-hmm. I, go, I talk Absolutely. to everybody, and I ask them the question, and they're they're intrigued that I'm going this deep with them, that that it's causing them to really search in their soul. But they always come up with an answer. We just don't ask these questions. Yeah, and and you know what? That's that's one thing. You know, w- women will be quick to say, um, men don't talk. But are we asking them the questions? Are we engaging them in conversation? And, yes. and are we doing it at the right time and in the right way? And do we yes. listen when they have something to say? Exactly. Yeah, the real question is, the, the real question for ladies and, and, and young women, are they really, really asking the right questions? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Are they asking mm-hmm. the proper questions? I mean, because let's, let's be honest, uh, you know, 75%, I like to play with numbers, mm-hmm. 75% of women <laughs> are emotional. Mm-hmm. And most times when you're trying to get a question out of your man, an answer out of your man, you're going to come at him from an emotional state. Mm-hmm. But if we could actually okay, sit to told, a table. Truth be told, everyone, everyone is emotional, and emotional is not a bad thing. It's how people use their emotions. So let's just be clear about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it could yeah, be yeah, a yeah. good and a bad thing. It all, it could, <laughs> exactly. But when he says it, it's a bad thing. It is not. We're just saying it like that. Tell me about the women are emotional. Lisa, Look, really, we, we, we have really company do? here. We have company it's really here. really learning how to you communicate know. and listen and hear what your partner is saying. Because, you know, another exactly. thing is this is very interesting, and this is a question in the book that I posed to the men, and it was tell me five most important things to you in a relationship. Some people are never asked that question. Some people never think about it. But if you know mm-hmm. the five things that are important to you, when you see six, seven, and eight coming your way and that's not what you really want in a relationship, that is yeah. your cue to turn around and run. Exactly. But so many mm-hmm. people are not, you know, if you're the single, they're desperate, they're lonely, they're whatever, they're like, okay, I know this isn't really what I want, but I'm going to get in here anyway because I'm tired of being alone. And you know the funny thing is, too, when I ask people, People, tell me the five most important things to you in a relationship. The first thing most people says, well, what I don't want is, that's not the <laughs> question. You've got to get clear right. on what that's it right. is that you want and not fall You're for right. what mm-hmm. you don't want. Exactly. And, and, and to add to that, that's what we call getting naked, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about getting naked. And a lot of mm-hmm. folks don't want to get naked and put everything on the table. 
they're, they're so right. afraid of, oh, well, if I put, place everything on the table, maybe he or she, she's not going to like me or maybe he's not going to like me. No, just put it on the table and see what happens. And if he can't accept that, hey, you have to keep it moving. Keep but it moving. We, we, have to, we have to be naked with one another. And that's in friendships, that's in, you know, uh, romance, everything. You have to become naked with whoever you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, naked you know, meaning right. vulnerable and intimate. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. exactly. A lot exactly. of folks are afraid of that. A lot of folks are afraid of that. And let's just be honest, man, a lot of folks are walking around here like, you know, like an Easter egg, you know, mm-hmm. real nice and pretty on the outside but slightly cracked mm-hmm. on the inside. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All because yeah. of fear, fear of not being accepted, fear of being exposed, fear of whatever. But if you stand in your space, space of strength and you know who you are and you know what you want and you know what you, what you, you know, will, will stand for, in any, whether it's a relationship or any situation, that's your power. And when you have mm-hmm. power, that's the most beautiful thing that emanates from who you are. Is that power exactly. and self-confidence? Because there's another chapter in the book, Lisa. I don't know if you got there, but it asks about, you know, what's, what's some of the most important things. Most of the men in that five question, tell me five most important things, they all stated uh-huh. confidence. Confidence is what yes. they look for yes. in a woman. They did. Yes, That's they right. did. Hmm? They, they did. They did. And that That's was, right. you know, it, actually one, one right here um, says, um, uh, when it, the, under one of the chapters, um, can men be loyal? Actually, in all of the chapters, um, there's a there's a section on here, or there's some some men have said something about women being confident. They called confidence sexy um, when they talked about being loyal. One man said um, she would have to be a confident woman and not afraid to speak her mind. I go through life expecting good things, and I want a good woman, um, and I want a woman who goes. Um, a, a woman has to be confident. This is confident. This is secure, um, and, and so there are men. In, I mean, throughout this entire book. That, that confidence in women, we get to a place where we get insecure, and we we um, in so many different areas, you know. Oh well, what is he doing? Where is he? And and mm-hmm. did I, you know, did I wear this right or did I do that? Well, you know what, you you got him in the right. first place. So now, mm-hmm. why are you all of a sudden backtracking? What is up? Absolutely, with that? you know. Exactly. I mean, you're reading from this book. Uh, give give, uh, give Teresa a plug here. Well, where can they find this book, Teresa? I mean, this this, this is awesome stuff. The book has its own standalone website, menandintimacy.com. It is also <laughs> found on Amazon. Um, we have e-books and, um, and you know, hard uh, soft, co- soft cover books as well. But straight to the website, menandintimacy.com. Yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. You, no you, need to, you need this in your hand. When you are commuting, <laughs> when you're waiting for the kids to get out of soccer, you know, when, you, when you're waiting for the boys to come on the basketball court, you need this book in your hand. Let me tell you, this is going to be one of those books that, you know, I can see I, I'm going to be break, breaking the binding on this one. Um, <laughs> for real. <laughs> for real, because it, it really goes in. It goes in deep. Um, and, and there was one, oh, man, I just, I just lost my page. There was one It was really good. Um, um, but let me just read some of the chapters yeah. so, okay. so people can okay, get an idea ahead. of what's in this book. And, you know, uh, what is intimacy to men? Men feel love too. What's important to men? Men and communication. Do men really want intimacy? Men understanding women. What men find sexy? Can men be loyal? Can women strengthen men? The pain men feel after a breakup. Why do men talk uh-huh. during sex? Why do women stop having sex? Why men watch porn? And do men get bored with sex? All yeah. of these very deep questions. I just let the tape recorder run, and they just kept on talking. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she did. She she really went in, Trent. She she really did. Um, and they talked about. Wow. And when I left the tape recorder run, they talked about love, relationships, women, sex, dating, why men cheat, and the book. Mm. Yes, yes. It's good stuff. Too. So, okay, so do you do you do you, uh, do you do you originate out of Dallas? You sound like you're from New York. Uh, well, I, was, I was born in Boston, uh, raised in New York, and I've lived in Dallas, California, and uh, Atlanta. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. All right. So okay. All right. So I'm gonna. So so you said you know when men kept talking and and you let the the tape recorder run um, because they had last words. I'm gonna read two last words. So, okay. One is from one is from Maurice and it said, "I'd like to say as a black man, 
we we love to put our women in the center of everything that we do, at the very center. We do this because of her, and that's real. The only way it turns sour is when she does not see the value of our offer in putting her at the center. That's what a man does when he loves a woman. He moves away from mom and says, this is my number one priority. This is my queen. I'm going to do everything for my queen. Well, all right now, Maurice. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. And now, now Justin said this. Um, this is in the same last words. I never felt like I deserved love, and because of this, I had trust issues that handicapped me. I felt like I, I felt like I have been loved, but I wasn't able to relax enough to accept it. It's almost like when women show me love, I felt like something was up and I didn't deserve it. Why would they love me so much when I don't trust them? I didn't realize until later that I deserve to be loved too. I'm like, these brothers mm-hmm. were deep mm-hmm. and these brothers were honest. And this and, is and real. And, this is yeah, real. This and is here's real. the thing. There's 60 men, 60 different points of view mm. in this book. So you can never, ever say after, after reading this book, all men are alike because they are not. That's right. That's not right. Not at all. Mm-hmm. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so what were some of what was what were some of the mm, aha moments that you took away from this? What were some of the oh I didn't even realize that or or what were some of the things that kind of took your breath away? Hmm. Well, um, let me. Well, well, some of the things that I learned. Let me share with you some of the things that I learned from this book. And um, you know, one of the major lessons um, that I learned is that. Men, they're much more compassionate and patient than what, you know, they're being being portrayed in the media and, and in society. You know, men have a voice. They want to share it. They want to be heard. You know, these men, they were so open and so passionate with the information that they provided. You know, it was, if the, as, it was if, as if they were longing for the opportunity to be heard. I mean, how many times do you get a, a, a group of men together, majority African-American, and say, you know, give me your take on this. What do you feel about this? And then most of the men were emotional and sensitive in such a way that caused me to feel even more determined to share their voices in a, you know, in a raw and uncut way. I, I said, we need to hear this. Women need to know this. Uh, Men need to understand that what they're feeling is valid and it's okay. Uh-huh. And we want to hear it. We want to know. Uh, yes, that is true. Um, so, so Trent, uh, let me ask you this, being the male mm-hmm. in the group here, um, out of your out of your circle of friends, um, let me say your circle of close associates, beyond your circle of friends, your close associates, males, um, how many of them do you feel would be open and honest in a, a private, um, uh, what do you call it, an anonymous kind of interview um, compared to you all just sitting around talking? Um, I only have two close friends. So I'd say both of them would be very open. <laughs> okay, that's why I changed it. I said you're 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 associates. You're associates, not you know a little bit a little bit less than friends, but you're associates. Um, okay. I, maybe 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 half out of ten. Okay. Okay. All right. Only and, half and out of you, ten would be open to to be interviewed in this in this for this process. Yeah, I mean they're associates for a reason. Um, that's why I said two okay, friends. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But okay. my two friends, my two good friends would actually, uh, they'd be very open for that. I think I'm going to have them on next time uh, when we get a date together and, and uh, do a part two of this. Two uh, to this, I'll have both those guys on. Okay, great. Okay. All right. Um, and, and how, and and if, what I, what I kind of want to know is from a man's point of view, how would we? How would you say, Trent, a woman would go about um, bringing up these questions or having a discussion and not saying, "Okay, here's the book. Let me go through these." Question one, question two. But you know, how, how would how would a woman finesse this to, to bring it up? I mean, I know everybody's going to be different, but yes, yeah, similar to what Taraz said, um, you know, just sitting there reading the book and, and having the conversation over tea or coffee or whatever you know, whatever type of beverage you have at that time. I think it's a, it's a great conversational piece and. Just be open and honest and be naked about it, you know, and okay. just don't slide it in. Just say, hey, you know, I want to sit down and 
have a conversation about this. They read it together. I think couples should read this together. Yes, definitely. Uh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right. Um, And, um, Therese, how would you think, how would you see this being used, let's say, um, in a mentoring relationship, uh, um, you know, an older man mentoring, you know, a young uh, 20-something or a teenager, older teenager? Well, you know, um, I, I have a lot of ministers who, buy the book, and they say they use it for a couple's counseling. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, And, again, because you're hearing a point of view that you don't normally hear, the black man's point of view on on Uh intimacy and relationships and sex and cheating and everything else that goes into a relationship. I would say from a mentoring point of view, um, it's just a great book to have. Maybe, you know, read it with the young man. Um, First of all, one thing with, with younger men, and, you know, the reason I didn't interview men in their 20s and I went straight to 30s is because in the 20s, they still think when they hear the word intimacy that intimacy is sex. So in a mm-hmm. mentoring type of situation, it's good to have that conversation of intimacy is not just sex, just the physical aspect, but there's also an emotional aspect to intimacy and also a spiritual aspect to intimacy as well. So in mentoring young men, it's nice to 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 feed their minds with as much information as we can and let them see um, see intimacy in a completely different way than perhaps they would have thought about it before. And it starts to strengthen them at, at a young age to start to, when they get into relationships, to get into it with their soul and not with their heart or, I'm, I'm sorry, with uh-huh. their soul and not with their, with their head or, you know, other organs in the way, but uh-huh. to really try to connect with their partner um, in a more open and vulnerable and intimate and naked way. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that is good stuff. Um, so I want to read um, two excerpts from um, Men and Communication. So um, this this one says, um, this is Luke, and he says, yes, I do communicate because if I don't communicate my needs and my wants, then how is the person going to know? I think communication in all contexts is important because my mate is not going to be clairvoyant. Why? I need to convey what it is that I want. Out, out of the relationship, it is completely comfortable for me to express myself in relationships, which is, I mean, I, I think that's really wonderful because, um, and this is actually a study that has been done, um, and this is, a, this is a nurture thing, not a nature thing. You're not, men are not born not communicating. It is what we do. It's how we raise our children. If you think about it, um, when we have little girls, what little toys do what toys do we get them? We get them Barbie dolls and things that they you know they have to take time and do the hair and brush and do the fastening of the clothes. When we get boys, we give them big things like balls and cars and tell them to run, play, jump, and move and do all of this and as um you know as as the the kids are coming up with little girls, we have to do their hair, which takes time. We take them to the salon, we're talking to them, they hear women talking boys. Is we brush your hair real quick, slap on, you know, slap some little grease on it, go on about your business. And so um, we we teach girls to talk about their emotions. Boys, when they mm-hmm. get hurt, we tell them, "Oh, you're okay. You're a big boy. Don't cry." And I mm-hmm. hate that because when they get right. older, we want them to tell us, "Oh, tell us this. Tell us that." You know, and and but that's not the way. That's not the way we raise them. Um, and of course, exactly. we're holistically here. Um, okay, so now I want to read this one where this man says he doesn't communicate. And, we, and Lisa, one, one second. We, we don't want to. Mm-hmm. We don't want to give too much of it away because I'm, I'm really serious about this part too, and bringing in this panel and, and all those, all that stuff. And really want to, want want her to get her book out and tell everybody where they could get it and all the stuff that she's doing and and so forth and so on. But really want to really want to do this part too. Oh, definitely. I definitely want to do it, and I think it's um, I think it's worthwhile. And you know what I hope is when we do it that there will be um, you know some boys who get together and listen, and some couples who get together and listen, and, and really kind of go through this, and that it will really spark some conversation. Um, Wait, but let me, let me just read this one. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Can I just say one thing in regards to, to communication? There's mm-hmm. um, I really like this chapter because as we know, communication really is the foundation of relationships, and it's really mm-hmm. the only way for couples to connect and for the relationship to grow. But so many times Mm -hmm. we often hear, you know, people say, well, he should know. Well, she should know. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. I have conversations 
and I'll say, well, why don't you express to him that this is what you need or this is what you want or this is what you require? Well, why should I have to do that? He should know. Well, why? Mm-hmm. Should, how should he? How could he know if you don't tell him? I think we get stuck. And I don't know, whatever way of being that is where we just don't, you know, look, look, we don't empower each other. We don't I I tell you one thing, Teresa, I I I tell you one thing, there's a ton Mm -hmm. of folks walking around here who physically look connected, but they're unconnected. Oh, I know, I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's one of the reasons why he doesn't know or she doesn't know because they're truly not connected intimately. They're not on that level. In the final words, um, I believe it was um, uh, Tyrese who said, made uh, reference to, you know, even when people get married, they don't get married for love, some of them. They get married uh-huh. because they want to move from their parents' house, or he's got a nice car, or, or, or he's got a big house, or she's got a right. nice body, or she's got this. So th- where is that intimacy and that love? They get married for external reasons, and five years later, he's living in one side of the house, and she's living in right. the next. Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're absolutely, absolutely right. And, and 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 you know what? I, I really think um, we get to the point, and it, and it completely you know surrounds communication. We get to the point where we get upset and we stop talking, mm-hmm. and we say, "Oh well, he's not going to listen anyhow, or she's not going to listen anyhow, or I just don't want to argue, so I'll keep it in." And mm-hmm. that's when it becomes very very dangerous. Yes. We start to keep things in because that that just that that silence is deafening, and right. we have to let it out. We have to communicate and and say what's going on. And I'll be the first one to say. And Trent knows Trent knows my story. That was my my issue in my marriage and downfall of my er- my marriage. There were things that would be going on, and I would say, "Oh, he's in a bad mood. I don't want to talk about it now." Oh, well, he's in a good mood. I don't want to make him in a bad mood. Um, right. and, and so. Um, and so that was that was my fault. Now there were other things, of course, that went on in the marriage. But I realized it's not my job to determine how he's going to take it. Mm-hmm. I just have to say it. That's my job right. to be able to say what you know. I have to say what I need to say because we are two adults and we are in this marriage. And in order to keep this marriage together or to make it work or whatever it is, in order to have our needs met, we have to speak up. Yes. You know we yes. we do. We can't. You know what did the guy say before? She's not clairvoyant. I, you know, I remember, I remember I was in college and I had an argument with my boyfriend and after we had made up, I was standing there and I was just glaring at him and he said, um, he said, well, I thought we were good. Why are you looking at me like that? And I said, well, you know, I need a hug. And he said, <laughs> how am I supposed to know you need a hug? And he mm-hmm. said, I'm not a mind reader. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. And that's <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, what's so interesting with men, women, if you just tell them what what, what you want, I need a hug, Mm -hmm. I need this from you, Mm -hmm. could you do this for me? Men are very accommodating when they love you. (laughs) They really, really are. are. But, like you Mm -hmm. said, they don't know. If you don't tell them, how are they supposed to know? Right. Exactly. And on that note, note, we're going to ask author Therese Fleetwood to um, give her a spew and tell folks where they could find her. Uh, any speaking engagements, uh, any other books that you're authoring, um, where the folks can find you and locate you. Okay. Uh, again, you can go to my website, www.therezfleetwood.com. And um, if you want to know more about me also, um, I have a standalone site, a personal site, which is therezfleetwood.com. And it's um, – um, I'm, I'm sorry, did I double say that? <laughs> My website is Men and Intimacy. It's one of those days, if you only knew. Meninintimacy.com for the book, and then my personal site is TheresFleetwood.com. But, yes, the book is available to purchase. There is a Buy Me Now link there, and it is also available on Amazon. Good stuff, good stuff. All right. Lisa Timmel Page, you snagged a good one here, man. I'm I'm excited about this. This is real good. And you, um, you know, Men and Intimacy, I mean, it's a conversation that needs to be had, that should be had by all men and women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to give a shout out to my to my cousin, um, V Mac. Vera, she just she <laughs> she and uh she and uh Therese met each other a couple of weeks ago and she texted me, she was like, Girl, you gotta have her on the show. You you gotta have her on the show. This is gonna be really good. So I, I appreciate I appreciate my cousin V Mac for, for listening and looking out and, and definitely bringing this to our attention because um this is a conversation that needs to continue to be had and, and this is something that, you know, as adults 
um, adults have to learn this, and we can teach this to our children how to be intimate yeah. and how to know themselves first, mm-hmm. and, you know, and not just think of so when they're, you know, in their teens and their 20s, they think intimacy is all about sex, and they don't, they don't realize it. Um, you know, it, 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 a, a few gentlemen in the book have said it, and I've heard it said that intimacy is a play on words. It's into me, see. So to be intimate with someone, you want them to look into you. I call it my backstory. Uh, I had a friend who could who could read my backstory just by things I would say, and he would he would give it back to me in another way. And I just look at him like, man, you, you <laughs> wow. got all of that. Yeah. It was Good amazing. Stuff. It was amazing. So yeah, so this stuff. this has been great. This has been great. Well, Therese, yeah. we really appreciate you. We really appreciate you coming on. And um, actually, I thank you for authoring such a great book and having these interviews with 60 men and 60 seasoned men. So we're not, we're not talking about, you know, young boys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 60 seasoned men. And well, that, that, uh, that means a lot. That's some and good you know stuff what? And, and, and Trent and Lisa, we only scraped the, the surface of this book. I mean, there's so uh-huh. much information. We've just really been focusing on intimacy, but there's so many other areas in this book that really need to be discussed. So, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, definitely. Well, I'm yeah. open for interviews if you um if you're doing a part two to this uh you're carrying it on to another book. So reach okay, out. Great. I'll give you some information. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no yes, problem. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward. We're gonna definitely be in touch when we do part two of this show and we have we have our panel on here. Um great. and we're gonna let you and we're gonna let you uh do your thing with us. Yay. <laughs> there it is, there it is. So until next time, Therese, really appreciate you, and thank you for uh, coming on the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, take care, Therese. Hey, Lisa, man, this was a good one. This is a real good one, a real good one to uh, to come back on. This is good. Yeah, yeah, this one. Can I get a raise? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, hey, you guys, thanks for tuning in to the conversation show. We'll be back next Friday, 8, 8, 8 p.m., 9 Eastern. Um you got me all bobbled here. Central <laughs> <So>. and Eastern. <laughs> yeah, Central and Eastern. We're talking about raises around here. So until next week, guys, uh, Lisa and I will be back here same time, same station, right here on your radio networks, YRN 1328. You guys take care. Take Conversations care. with Trent in conjunction with Taylor Kennedy Media and your radio network would like to thank you for calling in and listening to tonight's episode. We hope that tonight's conversation offended you just enough to turn your mirror inward to come back for more. So until next week's conversation, be epic. <laughs> <laughs>